Hey, you damn guys. Welcome to Book Club Ember Comics. My name is John Salinas, and I'm here with... Are we loveless? I'm Danielle. And I'm Mark. Hey, Mark Tweedo. Mark is with us. Hello. Yes. Mark is joining us again. Thank it's you so Mark. much. It is me. This is our book club podcast. We're reading comics. We're talking to our friends. And here's Danielle to tell you all about it. Oh, Mark, you got to help me with this. Uh, Mark, what do uh, you think it's about? What do you think it's about? What is it okay, about, Mark? Well, there's this bit where uh, you guys decide to read a comic book and you read it, right? Sure. And, uh, and then you tell everyone else to read it as well. And then that then you do. all talk about it on the, the show. But I'm pretty sure we there's will. bits after that which... Uh, talk about it we talk about it we message backwards and forwards we email each other randomly uh, hey damn guys hey damn guys yeah. we'll email each other hey damn guys uh occasionally some people will sing some songs uh <laughs> so there'll be voice acting at times i love that. sometimes we get the the buttery tones of noonan i love that and that's like what we call a book club song. that's what we call a book club we also call it friendship we call it friendship yeah, no, awesome. i awesome. couldn't have put it better myself thank you back to you john Perfect. Beautiful. Perfect job there. All the all the elements were there. Amazing. <laughs> all right. Um, I have shouts outs for this week. Some shouts outs. Shouts outs. Yes. Shouts outs. I want to shout out our good pal Craig McKnight over at Muffin But Good Vibes. Craig McKnight. Muffin but Good Vibes. Yes. Book club member. Yeah. And all around great guy. Uh, big supporter of the podcast. And I just love this guy. He's about to celebrate his third year for his business. Oh, wow. That's Can it amazing. be possible? Yes. And um, they've cultivated this really cool thing in the San Diego area where they have these acoustic sessions where they have these bands come on and stuff like that. And it's become this whole thing. That's adorable. They're having like a big festival thing, acoustic sessions thing. Um, I think it's on August 18th. And obviously we don't live in San Diego, but you could buy like a virtual ticket and you get like the limited pin. Or whatever with that. So if you, oh my goodness. So if you can't make it to San Diego, but you still want to support Craig, you could you could still buy a virtual ticket. You know what I mean to this event, and that way you and to you still get something. Event. And you still That's get something. Awesome. I'm really proud of Craig and everything he's put together. He's got this whole thing going on. There. Yes, no, very proud. So of Craig. that's Absolutely. really cool. You 100%. know, and I definitely want to support him. You know, even though I can't be there to go to the actual show, we'll you know, support so. him virtually. There you go. We'll yeah. get a pin. So we'll log in. We'll log in. We'll check it out. So. With our handles. <laughs> so anyway. Do they call that still? What do they call that? Login name. Is Your that username? username now? Yeah, there you go. It used to be called um, a handle, by the way. I'll link it in the show notes. Yeah. Mm, so check Link it in the out. show notes. Now we're going to go on to our listener feedback. Listener, listener. feedback. Listener feedback. That's what it is. From the feedback. Yeah. From the feedback. You read a story. We talk about it. You hate them guys us. And it's a book club game. All right. We got a feed bag from Brendan Cahill. Brendan Cahill. Book club, book club member. Yes. He said, oh, this is perfect that you're on here, Mark, because he says thanks March. so much for all the reading med- recommendations for the 9, 10-year-old age group. Awesome. My nine-year-old loves Salt Magic and reread it quite a few times, awesome. so I definitely need to try these. For comics I'd recommend based on her reactions, I'd actually start with All-Star Superman. Nice. I had to yes. read it out loud with the podcast. She tried a few pages, then inhaled the whole thing in a day. Yes. I did have to explain who Hercules and Atlas were, though. Sure. That's awesome, though, because like then she's getting into the like myths, yeah. oh, which... Yeah. 
of yeah. course is like yeah yeah so easy to be obsessed with so yeah. that's awesome yeah. i like how john is immediately turning me down because i'm yelling yeah. into the mic. oh no i get it i totally get I'm it i'm just excited for little girls to discover myths because yeah amazing brendan also says other favorites are wings of fire both the novels and the graphic novel adaptations kind of junior game of thrones or every character is a dragon amazing oh yeah. wow that's awesome if you have a Webtoons account, Batman Family Adventures has been a huge hit and better for a kid than any mainstream DC comic I've come across in years. Okay. And outside fantasy, there's a few graphic novel adaptations of the Babysitter Club's books. Yes. And especially the books of Raina... Telgemeier. Uh, what does that name work? Telgemeier. Yes. Awesome. She's fantastic. Smile and Sisters, which are more slice of life. I just know for parents that you should probably look through those books yourself and make sure they're right for your kid. They're about a slightly older age group starting to deal with more grown-up issues. Mm. But my feeling is that kids are always curious to read stuff that's meant to be a little too old for them I otherwise. I completely agree. agree. Yeah. Yeah. I just had to know that it's ridiculous to say that The Hobbit had to be three movies long because a lot of things <laughs> happen in the book. They only needed one movie to fit the never-ending story. Oh, oh that's, a, yeah. that's true. That's true. <laughs> also, however, they did only do half of the never-ending story. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. I didn't know that. That's true. <laughs> Thanks so much, Brendan. Yeah, that's great. Okay, uh, I, I really goosebumps. I've got some goosebumpses. Okay, yeah. on the shelf still. Do you know? Do of... you know the specific ones? Do you want to go look? See which ones you have. Uh, Carnival Horse. Oh, okay. Shocker on Shock Street. Those are your choose your owns. Okay. Which I particularly love. But there's also a lot of really good ones that are not choose your own. That are just straightforward. Yeah. Narratives <clears throat> ones that I will name now. <laughs> and you're just going to go ahead and insert those later. Okay, yeah. Those at the top of my head because okay. I have the ADHD. So I'll just Mr. Google, Black. I'll just, Mr. Black, yeah. I'll just Google those and just put them in there. They're good, though. There's one with koalas. I can't remember. Anyway, yeah. it's fine. Awesome. Yeah, these are great recommendations. Thank you so much. I'm so glad so, much, so many people, you know what I mean? You had that question, yeah. but a mm -hmm. lot of people have that same question, Absolutely. too. Oh, yeah. So well, the I love goosebumps that. were my intro to Michael Crichton. Oh, okay. Oh, wow, really? wow. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Someone's like, oh, if you like goosebumps at the library, someone's like, if you like goosebumps, you know what else you would like? Michael Crichton. Amazing. And so that just changed my entire life as like a nine-year-old. I was like, wow, yeah, yeah. Michael Crichton. So did you read Jurassic Park before you saw the movie? No, I saw the movie and then read it. Same. And I was yeah, like, yeah. wow, this is incredible because it's so much more in there. Anyway. Yeah. 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 That's for another podcast. So. But no, I was introduced you're to the ideas of fractals and like chaos that. theory and that that really changed my entire deal. We also got a Hey You Damn Guys from Alex Kopech. Alex Kopech. Book club, club member. Wow. Yes. I always really enjoy the nerding out episodes. The guest hosts are always a treat, and I really enjoy putting voices to names. On the topic of 90s, hopefully this counts as early 90s, uh -huh. The Crow is my favorite thing from that era, specifically <gasps> the movie. I watch it every year on the night before Halloween since I was about seven years old. Wow. I dressed up as yes. Eric Draven last year for Halloween. How do you guys feel about the movie or comic? Listen. In real time, Alex. In real time now. Yes. Okay, listen. Up. Thank you. So I, in real time, congratulations. <laughs> I would read the comic and listen to Disintegration, the album. Right. Okay, and then the movie came out, right? So then I saw the movie and the soundtrack, can I just say, one of the most incredible soundtracks of, of any oh, yeah. fucking movie 
ever in the history of fucking one. soundtracks or movies. My favorite Amazing. Cure song is on that album. Oh, man. So I have seen The Cure live exactly three times in my life. And they have played that song every time. Yeah. And every good. time I have lost my absolute shit and just cried and just it's a mess right? one thing but, uh, one thing that i didn't know is uh you know the little bird sounds in the beginning he's playing he's that like playing on, a, that. on a little flute yeah that's yeah. Music. He's got a little flute that he's playing and it's uh it's pretty cool he makes flute, that anyway. with musical instruments one yeah. thing about that though is um i saw the cure and they played that song live mm-hmm. and according to setlist.fm it was the first time they ever played that song live <gasps> Nate. aubrey amazing it was in new orleans too it's life changing every time I hear it, and and that's that's hard that, as a as a band. I just want to say what an achievement. But yeah, no. Every time I hear that song, it's like the first time I've ever fucking heard it. Amazing. Oh man, such a good incredible song. But, but also, um, Rollins' cover of um, Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider is on there. It's <laughs> a good song. That's a great. I really like that. It's an um, excellent. Uh, very rarely is a cover of a song better than the song, but that's an excellent cover. But um, so you've got uh, Dead Souls on there. Dead, Dead Souls. Dead Nine Nine Souls is on there. But uh, uh, Nine Inch Nails. That's a great cover. But mm-hmm. w- we've met James Obar. We've you met know? James Obar. I've met James Obar twice in my life. Yeah. The first time I met him, he was extremely friendly, very very personable. The second time I met him, it was almost ten years later. He remembered me. Yeah. It was incredible. Not only did he remember me. He was so fr- He's like, give me a hug. Oh, it's been so long since I've seen you. All this stuff. Just an amazing man and an amazing legacy. What a guy. Yeah. So just big fans of the putting movie, that out big there. Big fans of the comic. Big yeah. fans of the comic. Um, big fans of the movie. Big fans of the soundtrack. Big fans of James fucking Obar. Yeah. I um I actually have a original piece of art by James Obar on my wall. Same. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Okay. Um, I saw the movie before I saw read the comic, and it was like. In the early 90s, I was a fan of Brandon Lee, and it was sad that he died. Yeah. Uh, tragedy. And so me and a group of friends, we went and saw it in the theater, and I was just like, oh. You said in the theater? (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Uh, I was just like blown away. I was like, this movie is so beautiful. And the soundtrack was amazing. I I I fucking played that on repeat so many times. I even dressed up as fucking Eric Draven. Amazing. Amazing. I I haven't done that yet. Um, Um, But my... Old roommate Daryl was the biggest Crow fan I yeah. ever met. He had like all the comics, and the first time I met him, and walked into his room, his whole wall was decked out in the Crow. Nice. Wow. He made a custom Windows ninety five Crow desktop. <laughs> that is that's dedication. Um, what about you, Mark? Are you fan? Are you a fan of the Crow? Did you did you watch that in the nineties? Uh, no, I, I wasn't allowed to see that sort of thing when I was a kid. So uh, okay. my exposure to it was when I first started university and uh, oh, wow. I watched a really, really shoddy VHS version of it where like you could yes. barely see what was going on in the black. Awesome. Awesome. And there's a lot of blacks in that movie. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's just like, yeah, hearing all this, I'm like, man, I really need to revisit that because I've never actually gone back and revisit it. And at the time I saw it, I hadn't been exposed to much horror yet. And it wasn't, right. I, you know, I, I hadn't, you know, made the adjustment, so I didn't appreciate it, I don't think. Right. right. Yeah. And yeah. it was pre-Blade, too. Yeah. So yeah. there was, it kind of yeah. set the tone for a lot of that. Oh, all that yeah. being said, I hated the second movie. The third one was, 
enjoyable I can, when I watched it, and then the fourth one was unwatchable. I can proudly say I haven't seen anything else besides the first movie. Edward Furlong is the crow in the fourth oh, movie. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Google pictures at your own No, peril. I won't do it. I won't do it. <laughs> oh, it's so terrible. Actually, speaking of movies that were like, uh, you know, I first saw at university, uh, I got to see Aliens, the director's cut, for the first time in university. Nice. That was fun. Because yeah. seeing it in a cinema, uh, I didn't know it was the director's cut when I saw it. I've, I, it was only when uh, I was listening to you guys talk. I was like, hey, wait, I've never actually seen the original cut of um, oh, wow. Aliens. Oh, wow. But anyway, um, it's really awesome to see that in a cinema because of like, you know, that whole flashing light sequence at the end. That just right. tops oh. to life in a way that it just does not on a home, on you know, at home. I've I, only seen one Alien film in the theater and that was four. Well, that'd still be fun, I think. We have another voicemail from Robert Noonan. Robert Noonan. Book club member. Ooh, I'm going to prepare my ears. He's preparing his ears. <laughs> I am also doing that. Hey, you damn guys. This is Robert Noonan, though I probably don't need to keep saying that. I haven't yet had a chance to finish the nerding out episode, but thanks for giving me an excuse to get out the Justice League Unlimited Blu-rays. I didn't actually know Huntress was voiced by Amy Acker. Yes. I don't think I've seen much else that she's in, but she's great in Angel as Fred and Deliria. My favorite episodes are definitely Smile Time and A Hole in the World. True. As for Justice League, this is the original series, and in no particular order, I really like Injustice for All, Only a Dream, Hereafter, and A Better World, which of course yeah. ends up being very important later on. Yeah. Yeah. For Justice League Unlimited, there's For the Man Who Has Everything. You mentioned kid stuff, and I agree, Baby Etrigan's a highlight. Yes. yes. This Little Piggy, any episode with the question, oh, yeah. The Greatest Story Never Told, Oh, I love that one. Task yeah. Force X, the once in yep. future thing, though that's cheating a bit, <laughs> and Epilogue, which I plan to rewatch once I've seen all of Batman Beyond. Yes. Oh, that's that's so so good. On an unrelated subject, some friends of mine are going to be running a Star Wars convention in Burbank, California next what? month. Nice. It's called Legends Con, and its main focus will be the Star Wars Expanded Universe, okay. otherwise known as the Legends Timeline, I know what Legends are. which comprises all the books, comics, games, short stories, tabletop RPGs, and miscellaneous other things from 1977 to 2014. Awesome. For fans of all the stuff that's been produced under Disney, there's Star Wars Celebration, which is great for them. But for the EU fans, there's nothing. So with any luck, Legends Con will help change that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's I don't know so if good. these names mean anything to you, but they've got guests like Matthew Stover, Sean Stewart, Barbara Hambly, Jason Fry, Randy Stradley, Corinna Benchko, and probably others that I'm forgetting or I don't know about. Oh, right, I'm going to go and have lunch. What yes. are we having for lunch? He didn't even tell us what he, we didn't ha- tell he was us. having for lunch. Well, we, maybe he we hadn't decided yet. <laughs> um, awesome. I loved the Star Wars Legends stuff. Like, I mean, I read a lot of it. I mean, there's some yeah. some, some terrible books in there's there. There's some terrible books. But there's some really good stuff in some there. There's good stuff in there. The Timothy Zahn books, the Michael Strackpole, Ellen Allen, the X-Wing series. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Those are actually just fun Star Wars books to read. <laughs> Kevin J. Anderson's a hack. Those <laughs> 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 Tell us what you really think, Aubrey. Oh. I love it. Aubrey had an opinion. I love it. Yes. But yeah, no, I think that's pretty awesome because, you know, I mean, I, I, I like the new stuff that's been produced under Disney. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's all Star Wars. It's all space wizards. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. something for everyone. I feel like there's yeah. something for everyone. But I like the idea of being able to uh, get together with the convention and celebrate great. that stuff because yeah. that's around for decades. It's really cool. Really cool. Always great to hear from you, Robert. We're going to hear from, guess who we're hearing from? Who are we hearing from? Is it that guy? It's that old chestnut. Hey, Nor. <laughs> Book club member. Book club member. Hey, Nor says, John, you are my hero for shushing <laughs> someone in the theater. Oh, no. I will say I don't want 
people to praise him for that behavior <laughs> because there is a very good chance he could have been shot. It was to a death. polite shush. Mm, mm. Even then, uh, hey, Nor goes on. I can't even describe how badly that shit annoys me. I mean, same, but I remember my wife and I went to see The Conjuring 2 while on vacation in Myrtle Beach years ago. And a group of teenagers came in halfway through the movie. Oh, no, teenagers. And were literally <laughs> shouting at the screen and throwing popcorn at each oh. other. Also, when people just whip their phones out with the lights on full blast. Okay, what is that? Yeah, that is, is that? your brain is diseased. Can you really not <laughs> sit 90 minutes? I agree. <laughs> hey, Nor goes on. I went with my co host TJ to see Barbie a few days ago, and someone like 20 minutes into the movie <laughs> just turned their phone flashlight on because i guess they dropped something and just waved it around for like a minute before sitting back in their seats like not even aimed at the floor to look for something just whipping that shit around the room wild behavior agreed what the fuck zero home training i understand this rage we had some more comments on that i, I guess you don't really have that problem as much uh, mark do you no um i have a cinema palace just down the road from me which is where i go to see movies and the cl people that go there just are quiet because well, americans are terrible yeah a movie it's like i i can i i think i made a comment on the to that where it's like I've, i can count on one hand the number of times i've had been disturbed while watching a movie in my lifetime <laughs> yeah wow <laughs> well i think like you know uh, just speaking from the houston area like there used to be a lot of uh independent cinemas yeah there you know used what I mean? to be a lot of that and and i think it was a little bit more well behaved there because you were going there uh for a film going experience yeah um and, and everyone was there in in the same spirit yeah. they were all like oh we're all here to see a film and, and, yeah. a film but, but now all those places have kind of died out so you just have like the amc and the <sighs> you know the, the big chains and like that's where you usually have to go and you know those Zero are the places home where, training so mm -hmm. um you know, and then they have the uh, one, one thing that I used to really like, and we used to go there for years and years and years was the Alamo Draft House. Alamo Draft House. Because we also uh, have River Oaks. Because, but at Theater. the Alamo Draft House, if you uh, if you talk or take your phone out, you you will literally get kicked out of the movie. They with will no come reason. for you. They will come um, at you. They're out, come out of the corners, out of the shadows. And and, and, and I like that. I kind of like this, and I don't like it. It's a restaurant theater, so even though. You can't talk. There's still people coming in and out with food and trays and all that stuff and sometimes wait staff. Sometimes the waiters would be like at full volume, like, sometimes and what the, can I get you, man? Sometimes and the like, wait staff were the ones. Sometimes the wait staff were the ones being loud. You know what I mean? And it's just like, bruh. So it's like, I wish that there was the, the Alamo Draft House, but with no wait staff. Where yeah, it's just I like, agree. you will get kicked out for talking or having your phone out in shut this up movie. And just watch the movie. And shut there's up. no food and there's no nothing. You just sit there and you just watch the movie and shut River up. Oaks. River Oaks was like that. Well, because River Oaks would have, they would have two separate types of screenings. They would have the screenings, normal screenings where nobody talked, everyone shut up. It's super art house, artsy, yeah. artsy, fartsy. And then there was everybody's talking and laughing the quote -alongs and singing and quote -alongs. And, the and it was purposefully like that. They would yeah. say, this is the screening you go to. to Yeah, the they have a specific, it's a yeah. specific yeah. subtitle exactly. on it saying, you know, it's a sing-along exactly. session and stuff. Yes. And so that's like, but that was like a local neighborhood art house theater. theater and yeah, so yeah. like there's. 
Yeah, even though we supported all of that as much mm-hmm. as we could, like, you know, we're only two fucking people. I don't yeah. know what happens. You worked oh, at one I, of like those that. theaters, like, Aubrey, yeah. right? I worked at the River Oaks. You theater. did. I yeah. remember that. Yeah. Uh, what happened was during the pandemic, yeah. they closed down and then they la- landlords wouldn't renew the lease to landmark theaters. Oh. But there is another company that is going to be reopening the theater. Yes. Later this year or early next well, year, we got to support. We got to um, do a big groundswell of local support. They're um, they're like redoing something, and it's like the oldest operating theater in yeah. Houston. I so, remember I, I did. Uh, it, I it was... opened like 1936 or some shit, and it still had all the original like crown molding. And Mark, you had a couple comments here on our nerding out episode from last week. You were talking about uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the movie. You oh, remember yeah. the drawings? Remember yeah. when April's drawing them? Mm-hmm. That is so cool. That, that is such a like, cool part. Literally yeah. my favorite part of that movie when I was a kid. Like so striking. Yeah. So so cool to see her doing the drawings. And yeah. I, I just became obsessed with like I'd rewind and rewatch that bit over and over again. I think that that was from the comic too, right? Didn't she do that in the comic? Yeah. I wonder who did those drawings. There was um, someone on Blue Sky that was like uh, doing their own versions of it recently, and I was nice. just looking at it and reminded all over again of how much fun it was to see those bits. Yeah. It says um, assistant art director Karen Stewart. Awesome. I guess maybe she, uh, Karen Stewart, is the original artist of those pieces. Mm. Um, Very cool. Really cool. I love that. I just remember like looking at those pictures, and it was like a a switch had been flicked on in my brain because yeah. she'd be um, doing the sections of their body that's green, but yeah. there'd be other colors in the green. And I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, it brings it to life. It's like, you know, it's like my brain was suddenly going, that's yeah. a new thing in color. I didn't understand. Yeah. Like there's blood flowing through. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it's so cool that they incorporated that element in the movie because it is a comic, you know, and like, yeah, you, you think about it and yeah, here is proof that putting that little thing in there influenced someone to go, oh, I'm interested in this. I'm interested in comics and, Absolutely. you know, visual art medium and all that kind of stuff. That's really awesome. Hmm. No, that, um, that definitely, I think that scene sticks out in a lot of people's minds. It's a very <laughs> iconic yeah. scene. Mark, uh, you also talked about Daria from oh, the 90s. Yeah. Daria was my 90s. Sixth, seventh and eighth grade, I was bullied by, uh, that was my nickname. They would throw that at me in the hallways. Oh, like, oh, Daria. Yeah, exactly. Right. And little did they know, I was like, that's actually fine. I think she's <laughs> fine. I think that's she's pretty great, actually. Uh, had a friend who was similar to Daria's friend, and I kind of felt like that's okay with me. Right, that's fine. Yeah. So every time that they would th- hurl that as an insult and think that they were throwing knives at me, I'd always kind of like cuddled it close to my chest <laughs> because it was kind of like, maybe I am and maybe yeah. I have a friend like Daria has and maybe that's fine with me and yeah. whatever. And so it was kind of like comforting even though they didn't know it. So yeah. Yeah. yeah like it's, it's fine to like that. I think. And I like so that's that. cool. Yeah, I, I like also Daria. liked that. It, it was, was it was secretly comforting to me. We also talked about director's cuts. We heard from Tom Barnett, Tom Barnett book club member. Yes. That's right. He said, I love the original Blade Runner with Ford's voiceover. Nice. Okay, all right. Well. <laughs> he said, at this point, it feels like an alternate cut. That's your problem. Yeah, no, that's funny. That's your um, And uh, to do? Mark, you mentioned uh, Kingdom of Heaven. I don't know if I've ever seen that movie. It's not 80s or 90s. It's early 2000s. Right. What's it about? Have you seen that one? I've heard about it. I heard the, like, the theatrical cut is like abysmal, but the director's cut was really good or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so my comment was basically, I have never seen a film where the gulf between the director's cut and the theatrical cut is wow. so huge. 
So wow. when it initially came out, Empire Magazine gave the movie two stars and said Orlando wow. Bloom's acting was terrible. Oh, no. um, they just like dragged him for the, for the review. Then they did the director's cut and they basically did an apology to Orlando Bloom, said he was <gasps> superb and gave the movie five stars. What the wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, what is this movie about? What is it? It's about the Crusades. Uh, okay. And oh. the the All leper right. king uh, at that particular time. Basically, what they cut out for the movie, it's like the producers were like, "Keep all the action scenes and cut out all the character motivations." Oh, well, I know it's bad. Not no. <laughs> it, it basically just completely destroyed, especially the movie. with the Crusades, because I feel like that's oh. gonna need that. Yeah, that's... You know, who, yeah. Let's, let's make a fun action no. flick involving the Crusades, <laughs> no. everybody. Oh no. Mm. Another thing you said, I'm laughing at Danielle, Aubrey, and Chris fighting you every time you try to end the episode. I won't let you do it. I swear they wanted this to be a double parter. And then Chris Egan said, I will keep talking about the stuff I love. Yeah, well, I think we need need to come back with him and have another episode to just wrap up more of that because there's plenty more to do. This is going to be a 16 parter. It'll be the 80s and 90s part two. 80s, 90s. You opened this can yeah. of fucking worms. I know. 80s and 90s. It's I mean, fun. Honestly, we could go on about this we, for we ages. We barely I mean, scratched the I'm, surface on I that. I agree with you. I think we should probably split it between 80s and 90s. <laughs> I was. Just, I, I think we uh, could even do yeah. like you know, let's do 81 to so 80 to 84. You know, and then totally. 85 yeah. Yeah, to 89. Sure. You know? I, I was just thinking like everybody probably has the same nostalgic things you know what i mean so anyway yeah. i was just trying to open it up for conversation it was it so fun yeah we're not prepared i yeah. think for what i think we it's fun i think it'll be fine I, I spent like many a day thinking about all sorts of stuff and yeah. then like I was like, crap, I forgot to talk about Listen, that. This, yeah. is crap, I forgot to talk about that. this is a 16 parter, and you're just going to have to deal with that. We'll come back and do this some is more. your fault. It'll be fun. You did this. <laughs> All right. And now we're going to go on to our next segment. What do you see? What do you say? Yes. What are you seeing and what are you saying? I saw a Barbie movie. <gasps> awesome. Uh, are you a Barbie girl in a Barbie I, world? I haven't seen it uh, yet. We want to see it. I want to see it. I want to see it. I, I really loved it. Awesome. Yeah. I had an absolutely great time seeing the movie. Uh, and. I especially enjoyed because I did see it at my local uh, cinema was like sitting through the end credits. Um, everyone else had walked out. It was just me just enjoying the music and everything. Aww. And the clerk came in yeah. to clean up the movie and he's like, Oh, you know, what do you think about the movie? Turns out he was a Greta Gerwig fan. And we just basically <gasps> nerded out about Greta Gerwig for a while. Oh, that's so cute. Nice. How cute. Really cool. That's so great. I love that. Interactive it's always nice to meet human. a fellow fan who loves little women. Because you live in a society. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you uh, did you dress up or do anything special for the movie? Uh, no, I was going alone, and uh, honestly, I was feeling pretty crappy before I saw the movie. So yeah, uh, that wasn't a good week. So you were, it wasn't a good week. You were feeling crappy before the movie, and then you saw. And the I movie felt and fantastic felt after. Fantastic after, amazing. I love I, that for you. I really want to see the movie. I've heard nothing but good things about it, um, and it's just like it's also kind of exciting that they got like. Greta Gerwig to make Barbie oh, yeah. and they took care of in time to make a good story when they got and then they go get Michael Bay and just crap out Transformers. Mm, right. <laughs> okay so wait so it turns out it turns out that when you have a filmmaker with a singular vision and right, you allow yeah. that person to create the vision that they have in mind and 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 make a solid story uh, it turns out that it's good and everyone likes it yeah. what, con- what a concept yeah, what a really fucking cool. concept <laughs> cinema um, it's back baby I'm, I'm glad that it's doing well i definitely want to check it out yeah what else mark anything else well later today i'll be dressing up all in pink and going to see oppenheimer <laughs> nice <laughs> Club, yeah. 
I just want you to understand that when you come out of that theater that it's you will be shell shocked. Oh yeah. Okay, just, just yeah. um, take it. Like this is why you. I haven't seen it yet because I was like, I have to wait until you know I'm kind of in the You're right, in the head right headspace. headspace. No, I totally get it. Sure, yeah, yeah, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on that, Mark. Very good. What about you, Aubrey? I've recently watched three different documentaries um, that were actually pretty cool. One of them is called "Take Care of Maya." The other one is Trainwreck, the Woodstock 99 story. And oh, the other wow. one was Space Shuttle Challenger, the final oh. flight. And they all on Netflix. And each one of them were like really good. The first one is about this girl who has CRPS. I think it's chronic regional pain syndrome wow. at 10 years old. And like they start putting on this medicine and then they get her better. And then all of a sudden she relapsed. They take her to the hospital and they accuse the mom of Munchauser by proxy and take the kid away. And wow. I don't want to spoil it, but it's also sad. And I'll give suicide trigger warnings for that one. Uh, Yikes. Uh, and then the uh, Woodstock 99 was just like, it's like three parts. And they just talk about like the, the train wreck that that, right, that, that yeah. thing is. And then the Challenger one was, well, it was all about the Challenger. And then I realized after I saw all three of them, they all had something similar in common. These things happen because the people in charge fucked up. Right. Or cared more about policy than they actually cared about people. Big right. Um, yeah. Yeah, because the medical thing, I mean, it was just they screwed up. The Woodstock thing, the promoters were just greedy and mm. were trying to grouch them. And they stuck it in the middle of a military base with no shade and no plumbing and just... God damn. And then the Challenger one, it's just they were trying to keep a schedule. And they were even people saying, like, don't launch, don't launch, don't launch. Wow. But they didn't they just Gosh. yeah so it's just like you know highly recommend all three of those very good yeah very good oh and kathy and i've been watching um inuasha also oh. on netflix nice okay. nice i'll tell you more about that one last week with chris egan we were talking about um re-watching things on 4k you know we mm-hmm. have the 4k tv and the 4k player and so uh one of the things we talked about was total recall and so i actually picked that up i was able to find it for a good price and he was like look danielle i got total recall i was like what's that yeah i, I can't never- believe you hadn't seen it we were talking about it i had it. never seen it because yeah. you have never seen total recall. Uh, yeah. i believe oh, when wow. feral he was really- and i had just watched aubrey it. himself right yeah, now next Aubrey's to me taking is- it back what? Absolutely. So, so every uh, time I've been saying two weeks, you have no <laughs> idea. What I have about. no idea what the fuck you're talking. Uh, <laughs> dumbfounded. I actually had just finished watching it, and I was like, "Let's watch it." And so, so I watched it like, twice hey, let's in watch one this. And I love this movie with my life. It's an incredible fucking movie. It's amazing, and the practical effects. Uh, so lovingly crafted just oh my they're so amazing and the, the practical effects are amazing there's a dwarf in there and no one even alludes to the fact that she's dwarf at all in any like ever sure, yeah. I at didn't any even, point I didn't never and to the me. action is amazing and the acting is incredible and Arnold is amazing and Arnold's really good and all of the all of the supporting cast is incredible and everyone's just really doing their part man and <laughs> but the practical effects the practical effects are the real star <laughs> of the show every second of every scene I am blown away by what I am seeing and I it's just I cherish this movie with my whole heart and I can't believe I'd never seen it and I want to watch it again soon That's I'm good. just I love it so I love it I can't believe I'd again. never seen it I love it 
I like to watch uh, that one, RoboCop, and Starship Get Troopers your together. Is that all the same director? Oh, Paul Verhoeven. Okay, there you go. Babe, yeah. Get your ass to Mars. Yes. Get your ass to Mars. <laughs> so, um, you know, it made me want to see some of the behind the scenes on it too. So, oh, I want to see that. I, I was reading like um, because obviously it's not Arnold. You know, like. It's supposed to be like an everyman. Yeah. And so they, they were thinking like Richard Dreyfus for, for this role. What? You know, and then it wouldn't, it wouldn't be till the action scene where you see him like be an action star. But obviously, we, I don't think like, Richard Dreyfus would have been like holding a jackhammer what? or whatever. You know? like, that that so was obviously. Interesting, though. That's so but, interesting. But, but, but there's a moment where Arnold goes back to Mars. He has to get the, the lockbox. Yeah. And they bring out the little thing and the guy puts his thumb on it and like he doesn't know what to do. And like it is such a good moment. <laughs> it's so he, good. He does such a good job of he playing does. this like yeah. what? Like what's going on? Like, I don't know. I no, mean, it's he, good. He's yeah. really acting I in agree. that role. I, agree. I don't know. I was that's one thing on this rewatch. I was impressed with Arnold's acting. He's you got know, the chops. I, I wouldn't think that that's something that I would he be impressed with those movie, but he does a good job of playing this character. Anyway. It was very entertaining to just sit down and watch it. We really sat there and watched it. We had I couldn't no believe Miss Stone. Miss Stone. Sharon Stone, yeah. yes. Sharon oh, Stone's man. in that. Um, are you a fan of that movie, Mark? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is, yeah, you guys have just got to like, if you're going to do those three, that's going to be a fun session. The, yeah, practical, yes. the practical effects blew my mind, and I was just like, can we return to the golden age of practical fucking effects? Because this is the height of it. Yeah. I was so yeah. The impressed. cars, you, were, you loved the oh, cars. Oh, man, everything. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, all of the two weeks, like, all the, the double. Like, I couldn't <laughs> believe how when the he, fuck did they do that? When he pulls the thing out of his nose. Okay, but it, it was a practical effect that revealed a second practical effect. Are you kidding me? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I was blown away. It, amazing. I, I just wish we could all just return yeah, to this kind of it dedication. Was really cool, yeah. Uh, just amazing. I was so blown away by everyone's dedication to their craft in this film. It was just <laughs> a triple plus. Yeah. Incredible. I want to watch it again. I'm just thinking about it right now. It Amazing good. movie. Really yes. good. It's so good. <laughs> I love that. Actually, I do have to mention um, on the topic of 4K restorations, something that I did see recently was uh, Coraline on 4K. Uh, I picked that up. And like within a few minutes of starting the film, I audibly gasped like, oh my God, because I have never seen a 4K movie look that good. Like oh, it is wow. hands right down the best 4K presentation I've ever seen. Right on. Oh, you know what I forgot to mention was um, another one that I, we got was Hellboy 2 The Golden Army. Because um, <laughs> that one was on sale. On, I walked I, in on him watching this. Yeah. And um, I walked in on my favorite scene of Prince Nuatu. Yeah, Prince Nuwata. <laughs> Prince Nuwata, excuse me. I, pr- I mispronounced his name, but whatever. I don't even care what his fucking Mr. name is. <laughs> I be famous. <laughs> oh yeah. Wait, <laughs> will wait, I be famous? Will I? Will I be famous? Uh, but I walk his in makeup. On, okay. First of all, the practical effects on that scene alone. Right. Just incredible. I mean, like you said, the makeup, obviously, the everything though, but everything. It looked really good. All it together. Was really I impressive. mean, the 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 set itself, the way that the set looked, and the. The falling leaves and the the, yeah. the 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 makeup effects and the the prosthetics and everything and all the masks and all the outfits and the you know the costuming and, and whatever it just ah oh, it's just so amazing and like if I had seen that as like a youngster I can tell you 
I would still be standing Princeton Watcher to this day. <laughs> he is my guy. He is absolutely my guy. He's way too intense, first of all. Love that. Incredible aesthetic. So that is, yeah. you know, number two on Good the stuff. checklist. Amazing aesthetic. But then, like, number three, way too obsessed with his sister. Love that. Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you have? Oh, another thing that I did was I watched Evil Dead Rise. He watched oh, that. I didn't I watch watch that. it. I, didn't I watched it, it today. It's it on himself. Max. Yeah, it was good. I watched the last Evil Dead remake, and it was really good. And this one was also really good. It was. I mean, it was really messed up. Um, this movie was fucking wild, like bonkers. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, there is some stuff in that movie that I'm just like, uh, my eyes are bugging out of my head but, while I'm yeah, looking yeah, at yeah, it. Yeah. But uh, I have to check that one out because it's been on my list. But it's also like, um, part of me is like, oh my god, you know, this is so gross and intense. And then part of me is like, how did they do this? Because it looks sure. so, it looks so good and so. Um, I don't know. H- have you seen that movie, Mark? Are you a fan of that kind of stuff? Uh, I haven't seen that movie yet. No. Um, okay. But when you when you talk about like uh, it looking so good, I'm just reminded all over again of this thing that's uh, happened in movies where because you have movies that are going to different territories and stuff. They'll do scenes where, for example, someone gets splattered with blood and they don't actually film anyone gets splattered with blood. They do it oh. in CG just because that way they can control the levels of splatter for different markets. And that's oh, why, even though it looks more oh, fake, they prefer to do that just because they have that level Weird. of control. So it's nice when you see a movie where they go, fuck it, we're going all out. And they fuck do it. it yeah. Oh, yeah. They you d- would think that they would just do three separate yeah. takes where they just splatter a little bit of blood no. and they splatter uh. more blood and they splatter more and more blood. They, they definitely say fuck it in this movie. They, they <laughs> definitely do. So, I mean, just putting it out there uh, if you want to see that kind of movie. But it was it was entertaining. I watched it during the daytime. That's one of my things, you know, is uh, <laughs> if I'm going to watch a movie like that. And it was still pretty scary. I mean, it's fucking creepy. There, there are some very... Uh, there's some very scary imagery. Um, the the tension is really scary, and then there's just some wild, like gore, violence, crazy stuff that happens. But anyway, entertaining also, though, um, entertaining for a horror movie. We, yeah, there was something that I wanted to throw something on while I was doing stuff, so I was just like, "Fuck it," and I threw on the Transformers movie. Oh, the the animated movie. Yeah, yes. and we. Oh my uh, god, it was movie. so good. And we uh, we quoted our way through the entire thing basically we were just <laughs> reciting the entire movie singing all the songs what an incredible soundtrack what an incredible score what amazing dialogue and uh i was transported to a time where yes. uh i was with a group of this was, i was very very young uh teenager and uh we were with a group of friends and i remember being like oh yeah transformers movie, blah, blah blah whatever and someone's like oh yeah you like trying to name five Decepticons. Oh, right, yeah. And I was like, I can quote the entire movie. You are out of your depth, sir. Yeah. Like, please. I imagine not. you replying, Ba weep grana, ba weep me. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, we had a fun time with that, but we were struck by just how well it held up as an animated yeah, movie. I mean, yeah. really enjoyable, even as, I mean, we're in our 30s and 40s over yeah, here that yeah. was it was we had a fun time with it was it. really good yeah, yeah that was I, another one yeah i still watch that movie fairly regularly. the music is incredible i mean oh. the score the the soundtrack there i mean that's amazing so yeah so we were singing along and it was good stuff yeah I, when i was a kid i i was so excited and saw that i, I was watching the show and then the cartoons would and they'd show the trailers for it you were like in yeah. right in that yeah yeah so i was like i was like spot. 11 years old yeah. and i fucking track made my parents take me to see the movie and when it You're came the out demographic on, when it came out on vhs i rented it and 
for like a week and I watched it so many times I've been able to quote it ever yes. since yeah. You're the guy. ever since I was like 11 or 12 years old. You're the guy they were going for. Oh yeah, totally. They were like, "Hey, we killed everyone that you love by these new toys." Yeah. <laughs> you know, the thing is is like everybody's like talking about like, "Oh, so I was so traumatized by seeing all these deaths." I wasn't. I was just like, cool. They this finally is great. Yeah. Shot. <laughs> Some action for Some once. Some actual action. Um, we also have been watching. Okay. So we just recently watched a couple of more episodes of uh, My Pal Superman, My Adventures. Oh, right. Of having yes. my friend as Superman. And, we're we're uh, five episodes in. So we just watched the episode where Lois Lane is like, you like didn't tell me that you were Superman. And it's like. Are you fucking kidding me? That trope, but that, that is that trope is I can't oh, with that no. trope. That trope is not. Danielle did not like. That. I can't deal with that trope. You were not close enough, near close enough for him to tell you his deepest, darkest, most upsetting secret that could have absolutely jeopardized his existence. Things I loved about this show so far, though, is they had Team Rocket introductions for Steve Lombard and Cat Grant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was the most amazing, incredible thing I think I've ever seen. Um, I think that Steve Lombard needs to be more doughy, though. He's too chiseled. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think he needs to be more doughy. I would appreciate that, personally. I like, I like them. I think that they're good. Why not do it? Lois and Clark had some very good chemistry. If you're a teenager, it's a cute cartoon. I've been affected by them. Yes. Good. good stuff. Awesome. Are you keeping up with that cartoon, Mark? I would like to, but unfortunately it's not available in Australia. Oh. So unless I sail the high seas, there's no way for me to watch it. Uh. We can rip it for you. We'll rip it for you. Yeah. <laughs> wait. Oh, wait. Aubrey forgot something. I forgot. We got a, a in-person Hey You Damn Guys. What? <laughs> oh, okay. What, what did we do? What, what did we get? Okay, so um, I got to see my sister-in-law this past weekend, and, you know, she's a listener to the show. But she did ask us the next time we do a commentary to kind of describe what we're seeing on screen because she was listening to our Dracula commentary and be like, oh, that's so cool. Silence. Right, right, sure, 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 sure. sure. Got so it. I told her we'd work on that. Got yeah. it. Right on. Yeah, we'll, we will we definitely will work on that. We will absolutely do that. We will absolutely. For sure. Yes, yes. You can count on me. You, you got to sync it up, though, in the beginning. That's the whole point. Yeah. Of Even it, if you're listening to it and you're not watching it and you're at work doing so, you have to have people saying stuff that's happening. I okay. understand that. And okay. I, you know what? I hear you. And as a listener of, of, of commentaries while not watching them, I 100% agree. Mm. And now we're going to go on to our book club episode for the week. So, Danielle, I'm doing I'm a magical girl transformation. I'm flying <laughs> off into outer space. Okay, boys. All right. Hi. For our book club episode this week, we have Mark on to help us. We're going to return to Harrow County. This week, we're looking at issues 13 through 16. These issues were published from June to September 2016, written by Cullen Bunn and art by Tyler Crook. I'm really excited to get back into this series, but it's been a while. Um, I was actually asking you, Mark, if you could prepare like a little previously on Harrow County for us. Okay, so there's this witch, Hester Beck, and she's bad. And the townsfolk <laughs> of Harrow County really don't like her because they shoot her and set her on fire and hang her. The tree from which she's hanged gives birth to two babies, Cammy, who is super important to Harrow County, but not to the arc we're about to read. So we're going to skip talking about her. And Emmy, who is also super important to Harrow County, but that's because she's the main character. Anyway, Emmy Crawford is raised in Harrow County. Around her 18th birthday, she starts noticing she's got magical powers, which is good. 
and exciting and scary also. And she discovers a skinless boy who becomes a familiar. He's important. We'll get to him later though. Uh, and the townsfolk, when they learn that she's got magical powers, they kind of freak out thinking she's Hester Beck reborn and they try to kill her, which leads to a really traumatic strangling situation with her father. Yeah, that's not great. Surprisingly though, they uh, kind of have a uneasy truce thing settling and Emmy's kind of in this situation where she needs to prove herself to the people of Harrow County, kind of really make a firm statement that, yeah, I'm definitely not Hester Beck. I'm good and I'm going to help people. And there are some people that believe that and some people who think she's just kind of biding her time. And, and yeah, it's an uneasy situation. Right. So let's get back to the skinless boy now. The skinless boy, he doesn't know who or what he is, but he really desperately kind of wants to find out. And this is something that gets exploited by this weird guy who comes wandering into town called Levi. Levi is a real creep. Like, everything about him is completely creepy. And he is definitely trying to manipulate the skinless boy for his own ends. Fortunately, the skinless boy does not fall for any of this, and that's great. But Levi, we're going to learn more about him in the upcoming arc. But before we do that, we have to talk about Bernice. She doesn't really know what to make of any of all of this. Like, she's Emmy's best friend, but... She's actually kind of scared of Emmy because Emmy has got, like, godlike power. And Bernice also feels a strong sense of responsibility, which leads her to learning magic herself so that she could potentially protect Harrow County if need be. So, yeah, that's what she's doing. She's learning magic. She's a witch in training. Again, that leaves us with one last character we need to talk about, which is the Abandoned. The Abandoned is this hulking figure that exists in the woods around Harrow County, and he's pretty upset that Hesterbeck abandoned him. He's a kind of scary-looking guy, and when Cammy becomes a problem, he, strangely enough, sides with Emmy, which that's no one was expecting that. We don't know why he did that. But yeah, he's going to be important in this upcoming arc, so I had to mention him. There we go. Perfect. Thank you, Mark. That was an amazing recap. You got all of it in there. Not really, but yeah, close enough. <laughs> For a second, I forgot we were listening to a recording. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I recorded that ahead of time. Otherwise, it would have like gone down a whole wormhole of trying to explain characters' motivations at certain sure, plot sure. points and... No, I think that that was good. And, you know, um, I'll also link in the show notes the previous episodes. So if you want to go back and check out those episodes first, before you get to this one, if it's been a while, you can go ahead and do that. All right. So opening up issue 13 here, I wanted to talk about the cover. Um, These always have amazing covers on here. And we're going to get to this in the story, too. But, you know, this uh, this idea of these all these faces being scratched out of these other people and stuff like that. Pretty interesting. Yeah. In the sketchbook part, there's this like one part where he's talking about the uh, veins on the leaf. He said he finished drawing it and then he looked, this is before he inked it. He's like, and then he realized he drew all the veins on one of the leaves backwards. Oh, okay. <laughs> interesting. So we have the opening page, you know, they work Harrow County into all those opening splash pages. This one's really incredible. I really like how they do that through all the, the corn stalks and the field. The whole opening narration discusses Harrow County being founded on unwholesome earth, even before any natural creature lived there. And with the narration, we also see this little boy, Clinton. He's playing near the cornfield. He's got a good stick. 
You know, when you ever get a good stick, you're like, yeah, yeah, this is perfect. I saw, I really like that detail. He hears some whistling and it starts to lead him into the field. He starts to wonder who's out there. The narration continues that Harrow County leaves people looking over their shoulders and this sense of dread. And this is paired with like Clinton getting lost in all these long stalks. It's really effective. I can really see how you would get lost in this, like how yeah. tall it is and, you know, the way that they frame it from Clinton's point of view and stuff like that. I really enjoyed all that. Clinton seems to see something and then we see all the birds like fly away. That's some really good pacing, too. That's like some good horror pacing. I like that. When I got back to reading this, okay, so it had been such a while since we uh, read this. I went back and just reread the entire uh, volume two on the right, yeah. (laughs) Um, And I just like the artwork in this is just so good. It's yeah, it's it's mind boggling. I mean, it's just I I just thank you again for guys for those those volumes because I'm sitting there just staring at these giant pages right yeah i'm glad i got to experience that way instead of on the iPad. sure yeah um and we see bernice she's out there as well she's looking for clinton we have a page of her i really like this uh it's just beautiful as well but like the pacing too as we kind of see the whole field we kind of the panels get smaller with her but she also looks at this little pouch that she has She's got like mm-hmm. a little pouch and she looks down at it. So I want to draw attention to something in this sequence that happens because uh, it's it's really clever. Like you'll notice in the opening sequence with Clinton that the skies are all completely blue just because it's a normal sky. But when we get to the scenes with Emmy and Bernice, the skies are deliberately blue and yellow. Blue being Emmy's color, yellow being Bernice's color. Oh, and okay. he deliberately frames the corn like out of shot so you're looking up mostly at the sky while the situation is pleasant and then as the situation changes the camera comes down and the corn comes up and fills out everything with green Mm. sort of like the colors are telling you where the control is in the scene right yeah that's an amazing effect we also see that emmy's there too i like how uh you know, Bernice is like, are you following me? But it's kind of like, it's kind of in a fun way. You know what I mean? It's kind of like in a, a friend way. She asked Emmy how she found her. And then yeah, I love that like sideways glance over to the skinless boy. You know yeah. what I mean? Like she's like, how did you find me? She could just looks over there at him. Emmy admits that she was worried about Bernice, but Bernice says that she can take care of herself. So there was that whole snake doctor storyline, right? And like, mm-hmm. we know that that happened, but Emmy doesn't. Oh, so, yeah. And Bernice says, I don't like the idea of being stalked by that monster of yours. And then Emmy's like, get it stalked or whatever, right? Because they're in the corn stalks. So I like that little moment or whatever. She tries mm-hmm. to appeal to her, but Bernice isn't really having it. She doesn't really seem to respond to that. So I just love these three panels, like right in the middle, which, where Emmy's like, hey, stalked. And then that look on Bernice's face, and she's right. like, and, and it's like, you got to admit, that's pretty funny. I'm not laughing. Right. You know, yeah. I'm just like, bam, bam, bam. It's so good. It's really good. The pacing. And that look on Bernice's face in that middle panel, she's all like, mm-hmm. It kind of made me feel bad, though, because she's like, uh, when she tells her to stick around because she can help her, she's like, oh, so you are glad to see me. Like, she's really lonely, too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this position that she's put herself in has also kind of isolated her from from people. Bernice explains the situation with Clinton, and Emmy says, let's go find him. As they go through the field together, they talk about their relationship. They had a similar discussion in the last set of issues. Um, Basically, Bernice feels like she can't count on Emmy to be there. She's too busy all the time. They also mention these crops belong to old man Chabon, 
which seem he seems to have like some sort of reputation, right, for being spooky or something out there. That's uh, Shabon. Shabon, there you go. Yeah, Thank that's you. Uh, Old a man Shabon. to the um, the editor Daniel Shabon. Oh, nice. Okay. Thank you for that, Mark. Great job. So as we go through these next few pages, you know, the tension starts to build as they're looking for Clinton and we see the bloody footprints and rustling, the sound effects. You know, we've talked about this before, how um, Tyler Crook will work those sound effects into the art. I really love that. The panel of the figure passing is really good. It's like so creepy and awesome. I really liked that. It's almost like a a jump scare moment. They they capture it really well. You know what mm. I mean? I don't know if I've ever like seen a panel like that, but it really like did the job. You know what I mean? When I flipped yeah. over and saw it, they hear someone coming and we reveal it's a bunch of brute pumpkin headed scarecrows. Emmy tries to use her magic to command them, but it doesn't work. So I think this is like the first time that we've seen this, right? We right. in a while where she's been vulnerable. I loved all this. It gave me like a real like a return to Oz vibe or something like that. Uh, you yeah. know what I mean? I don't know. That movie was also really yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. I loved that movie. When the skinless boy jumps in the action, it really ramps up out of here. I, I love the motion and everything. They scratch up Bernice pretty good and all that. It gets pretty hairy like really quick. Mm. So we finally get to see what she has in that pouch. You know, they kind of like laid that little seed earlier. Seeds actually, right? Because it's like corn. When she actually pulls it out, but her hand is all bloody and everything. Like ah, the detail on that, the way that Tyler Crook pulls that across, it's really I don't know. It's visceral. It's kind of like it's it, it's a comic, but there's a sense of realism where it does you do feel urgent about it and not just like whatever violent cartoonish violence you see. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. This was a, an interesting arc for me to return to because it had been a while since I'd read it, and in my head I was like, oh yeah, this is one of the ones where it's like, you know, it's not as violent, and yes, it isn't as violent, but still you get these moments like this, and right. yeah, it, like it's just a scratch on the arm, and there are ways you could have done that where it doesn't have as much like, oh God, you know? Exactly, yes, that's exactly what I mean. But I love this moment, so she throws the corn up, and then all these crows come down, and they totally like, fucking destroy these pumpkins they like go in for all that goodness fucking goodness don't no longer scared of those scarecrows yeah there you go <laughs> i came in here because i heard that crows were hanging out with pumpkins What's hanging they're out? eating all the pumpkins look Ooh. at that they're saving the day they're saving the day yeah i like this page yeah it's really yeah, cool i, I really like love the, the lettering on it with I'm the enjoying looking at this Anyway, continue. The sound effects are awesome on this, yeah. Yeah, but maybe they got a little treat, too. You know, all those little crow babies. They got some seeds. Mm -hmm. They got some little pumpkin juices, maybe. <laughs> uh, oh, I like it when she throws up the corn. She's like, lovey, let this do the trick, you know? Oh, right. Okay, yeah, yeah. she does say that. Um, lovey is the lady, right? Yeah, is she's the, the, lady, the, the, the teacher the, of the magic. That's teaching her, the snake doctor. You know, Emmy immediately asks about that. And she's like, oh, well, it was just a gift from a friend. And Emmy's like, I might need to meet this friend. I don't know. She's the sort who likes to keep to herself, Bernice says. But Bernice kind of redirects this conversation, and they continue looking for Clinton. Emmy tells the skinless boy, it's like the scarecrows weren't haints at all. At least you still listen to me, she says. And these little lights pop up. What's happening right there? Well, she's tapping into, to like, like, you know, kind of the spirits of... Uh harrow county and just sort of seeing if she can even still communicate with them because you know the others weren't right. even responding 
Okay. I figure okay. that's like her kind of just sort of going, oh, yeah, yeah, I've still got my my uh, magic. That's a cool little effect. I like that. Emmy tries to talk to Bernice again, who acknowledges that she has a lot of questions, but she says not now. If they can't find Clinton, then she's got to figure out what to tell the folks, Bernice says. Doing something like that, it terrifies me. Even more than that power of yours. And then Emmy's like, you're afraid of me? Like, there's this whole, be- throughout this whole thing, we're kind of going back and forth. I yeah. feel like their relationship is kind of like toggling, you know what I mean, yeah. as we go through it. I love the way they did this, that panel, that you're afraid of me, giving her so much extra space above her head, just so, you know, she feels really small in the panel. Right. Yeah. Well, and then they put so much space between them in that next panel, too. Yeah, there's a huge gulf. Yeah. I it's really like it's definitely emphasizing the distance. Yeah. But that moment is interrupted when they hear something. They see like someone invisible walking through the corn. There's a great effect with the footprints like appear. There's these bloody footprints that are walking through. So Emmy runs out. She's like, show yourself. And they hear a voice. No need to make threats. Threats just mean you're scared. And there's no need to be scared either. After all, girl, we're family. And we reveal Levi is there. Uh, with Clinton, and they're surrounded by those bloody footprints. Creepy. Yeah, a creepy reveal there on this guy. God, the, the the depiction of him by Tyler Crook is incredible. You know, because when we were introduced to this character, I think it was the other artist, right? Who it was, was Carlos um, Speed McNeil. Yeah, which is good, but I mean, you know, I love Tyler Crook's art on this, and it's great to see his rendition of this character. Yeah. Um, really comes across with that whole creepy factor. Mm, yeah i gotta point out actually i like the way uh whenever you hear like the music that's coming from levi like the notes are flipped around the wrong right. way just to kind oh. of you know like tell you that it's not just music but that it sounds wrong yeah you're right i didn't even notice that what a great detail yeah those music notes are kind of flipped around the wrong way going on to issue 14 another great cover god these covers by tyler crook are incredible yeah there's a great bit in the the back of these, uh, you know, in the trades and in the library editions where they're talking about this particular cover and like you see the pencils of it and it's so sparse, like so much of it comes to life just with, you know, when they actually started painting it. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, it's got that whole sandstorm effect, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you know, you it's, it's almost like uh, most of it is the color, you know, the different color. Yeah palettes and within it so um maybe we should have done like a trigger warning for the beginning of this issue right here (laughs) because we open up on a flashback of emmy's mom we haven't really like talked about this hasn't come up a lot in the story so you know here we finally get to see it and basically the mom is going to kill the the kid you know and so you know is this because there's something with harrow county or is it tapping into like postpartum depression which is like an actual thing you know what i mean that happens you know or i don't know you know there and it's pretty messed up like you as we're learning a little bit more about um pearl crawford we're also kind of indirectly learning a bit more about um isaac crawford so you know because like right they are both created by hester they're both going to be experiencing this kind of stuff like um Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see how the two characters handle this stuff differently. Right. And so she basically, like, she stops herself, obviously, from killing Emmy, but she tells herself that she needs to go away, you know, in order to 
save her because she's going to keep doing this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and she says, you know, I wish I hadn't been so blind. I wish I hadn't realized the truth before now. Your pa told me it would be all right. And I believed him. I wanted to believe him, needed to believe him. If I had accepted what was right in front of me sooner, maybe I wouldn't love you so. Even though when I look at you, Emmy, dear, I see what you really are. That's like a horrific reveal right there. It's just like, <sighs> so, oh my God. Oh my gosh. Just ah, that that really got me. That was one of the, another one that I was like, ah, you got me this time. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like that. I did not like that, but it was good. <laughs> uh, I recognize the artistic effort that it took, but I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. But it was still good. It was still incredible. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, she does, it, it, it does give you insight into the dad as well because he got left, you know. I forget if it is this issue or a later one that, you know, he couldn't really keep looking for her because he had a little girl to raise, you know. Oh, yeah, and that's coming up like, near the end of the issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The narration boxes explain that Emmy grew up with no recollection of her mother and wondered if she'd ever know what it was like to have a real family. We cut back to the present. This guy Levi is holding Clinton, and Emmy isn't believing anything he says. But Levi says he's actually protecting Clinton from Mildred. She's the invisible one with the bloody footprints. She's dangerous, and bad things tend to happen around her, Levi says. He says if he lets Clinton go, he's not under his protection anymore. And Emmy and Bernice are like, he'll be under our protection. And Levi agrees with them. He even mentions Bernice's magic and how and how he can tell it originated with Odessa. So I want to talk about this, right? So Odessa was mentioned in the Snake Doctor flashback. Mm. Okay, so okay. when uh, the the lady that became the Snake Doctor, she was like, when Hester came and fucked everything up, and then Odessa came and kind of helped, and then they they don't say anything else about that character. Yeah. And I remember at the time I was like, what? What is this? They mentioned mm. this character one time, and then that's it. So here, now they've mentioned her again. Whatever power the snake doctor lady had, um, Lovey, she got it from Odessa, who gave it to Bernice. So there's like a through yeah. line there. Anyway, yeah. interesting. I, I like when uh, they do that sort of thing where you, they introduce a character through what they're doing first. Like you just feel their fingers in events and then a name gets dropped and then you get a little bit more and, you know, gradually just teases out the character. Exactly. Ooh, That's what they're doing here, right? But I like this moment where Levi uh, releases Clinton. He's like, ah, well, I most assuredly wouldn't want to cross the pair of you. He's like, yeah, you know, you guys are powerful, you know, um, that little kind of flippant way that he does that. Mm. It kind of made me laugh. So Bernice takes Clinton and Emmy stays with Levi, you know, and I was wondering, like, what is her motivation for this? I, I think like part of her is curious, but I think part of her also wants to make sure that they get away. I think it's kind of both because right. you know he's saying like we're family, so she's curious, but she's also like, yeah, you guys go ahead. I'm going to stay here and right. try something. Just make sure that nothing else is going to happen. Um, but Levi assures her that they will be safe. And I'm sure we can convince Mildred to stay where she is at least for a little while. We see those bloody footprints there. It's kind of funny. You know what I mean? Like it's creepy, but you know, there, there are these little like humorous elements in there, which I like. It's, it's quirky. Hmm. Bernice even calls out to Emmy before leaving. So that's the, there's another moment. So it's like, you know, we're friends. We're not friends. We're, you know, you're not funny, all these kinds of things. But then in, in this final moment, she calls out to her. Like she is worried about her. You know what I mean? So I thought that was interesting. Emmy tells the skinless boy to go with them as well. And so here Levi formally introduces himself and Mildred and again alludes to them being family with Emmy. 
brothers and sisters and the like, he says. Cousins at the very least. Emmy and Levi talk. He seems to know a lot about her. He says it wasn't that long ago you'd rush off into the woods chasing after Haints. And now you're world-weary and jaded. Levi knows all about what's happening because he's a psychopomp. He says, uh, if and you know what that means, tasked with leading the dead to the afterlife and the living from one stage of life to the next. Even if and we didn't share the same blood, I would have sensed what was happening to you. I don't really understand even half of what you're saying, Emmy says. <laughs> really good. Really good response to that. So, you know, uh, psychopomps, um, there's a lot of classical examples of them, including the ancient Egyptian god Anubis, the deity Yama in Hinduism, the Greek ferryman Charon, the goddess Hecate, who we've talked about at length on the Hellway Book Club, the god Hermes, the Roman god Mercury, and the Norse Valkyries, amongst others. Um, so this is like, uh, that, that's, his, uh, that's his whole deal there. So we get this great reveal um, as Levi leads Emmy to the estate house against the moonlight and everything. It's really good. His expression is so creepy right there. It reminds me like of a David Lynch thing, you know, when mm, David yeah, Lynch totally, characters yeah. smile at somebody really creepy. Mm-hmm. Like that's what that kind of that look right there reminded me of. Um, and Emmy's like, I know that I know Harrow. This house shouldn't be here. Levi says it's the meeting lodge. Again, the kind of reminded me of... Uh, a David Lynch thing, like there's like the, the Black, Black Lodge, Lodge. and mm-hmm. it's kind of like within astral space, or it kind of just appears wherever it needs to be, or I don't know, you know, it, it appears in a dream or whatever. Kind of reminded me of that. He says, as the family came together, it rose from nothing. Once we part ways, it'll vanish once again. And Emmy's like, I don't much care for magic houses. Last one I set foot in tried to eat me. This is what, remember I was texting you the other day and I was like, yeah. Have you re- I was going to ask you, what is this reference? The issue that took place, right? The last issue we read because um, in issue 12, oh, the, she goes right. to help that family because they're... it's kind of like a one shot, right? Yeah. Of her like yeah. solving a mystery. And then the house gets up and tries to, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the house itself was the hint. Which, oh man, I don't know why I didn't catch it at the time, but that was kind of like a very Stephen um, Dark Tower kind of thing. There's a house in there like that. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I'm actually glad I did reread this whole omnibus. <laughs> right. It's really good. Yeah. So um, as Emmy goes in there, we get the narration. It says, Emmy had never set foot in that house before that moment, and yet it somehow seemed familiar safe as if she was being watched over and protected at one time she had felt the same in the company of her pa that sense of safety had weakened some in recent months only just now starting to stitch itself back together after recent unpleasantness um that was what we're talking about earlier you referenced that mark too with her dad right still she recognized the feeling it was the feeling of kinship um, so as she's walking through, there are all these portraits and the faces are all scratched out. We kind of saw that on the cover as well. Yeah. Um, really creepy. But so I'm thinking that this one is Hester, right? We don't really ever get like the, cause Emmy goes, I know this woman, this is, and then he, she gets interrupted. Mm. Is, is that who, is that supposed to be Hester Beck? I don't know. That's possible. Guess. Like, you know, the, the way the mouth is kind of feels a bit like, um, Hester to me, but. Right. Yeah. She's always in the white, too, isn't she? I, I mainly just remember that you only ever see, like, the lower half of her face, and she's always got that Sure, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but Levi says that Emmy actually knows all these people once they were plentiful, but now there's only a few of them left, including Emmy. And she's like, I don't know what to think. That panel, I thought was so striking. Not only, like, content-wise, you know what I mean, but just, like, the background, the way that it's painted and everything. It really, like, 
comes across like her whole world is being rocked, you know, by all this. Mm-hmm. So she goes to meet the others. Look at all these weird characters. I love this. I was like, oh my god, this is so cool. This we got amazing. We got Madam Web. We got evil Santa Claus. We got a zombie face guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> we we got the evil witch. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, oh, this is cool. I love this kind of stuff. We have Willa. She's the she's knitting like this gross whatever bloody thing. And then Mildred. I like how there's nothing in the panel. Like it's just like <laughs> Mildred. She, you've already met. She's invisible. <laughs> Really good. Um, Kane is the bearded guy with the eye tattoos all over his arms. That's a really cool design. And then Corbin's like some weird skeleton guy, zombie guy. Really good. And Odessa. Here we finally get to meet that character. In uh, in the notes at the back, uh, there's a thing that Tyler Crook wrote about how like originally he put Corbin in a suit because he was like, hey, he's a zombie. He figured that, you know, it's like the suit that he was buried in like that kind of that's the approach he was going with and then like after he'd been drawing him for a little bit he was like no no that's not really the feel of it at all it's it's him wearing his business suit and he's in the business of killing things right (laughs) (laughs) really interesting i really like all these guys really cool i was excited when i saw all this corbin asked how much emmy knows but she's more curious about if they can tell her where she comes from this one woman willa says you already know And she says, well, I understand a little, but not everything. She says, if I did, I don't guess you would have brought me here. You have something you want to tell me, so get on with it. And they're like, oh, she's got a sharp mouth. Odessa assures her that they're no threat. They've come together because they want to help her. Because you're one of us, she says. So we see more of Emmy's mother. It kind of like finish. We come back around in that flashback after she left the house. The narration lets us know that the father looked for her. This is what I was talking about. Yeah. Mm. Looked for her for a while, but had to care for Emmy. We see that Emmy's mother ran into Levi and all these other guys, the family. They call her a little doll and they tell her that she was tricked into being real. But blame her not, we can't let you leave. We can't let Hester's little bit at godhood seep out like strychnine into the world. So they tell her to go back, but she's like, I can't because um, she might kill someone who's dear to her. So then Willa does her creepy little knitting thing. And then, oh, this is horrible where she just yeah. like disintegrates and melts or whatever. But this first panel where she starts to like. Well, she returns to mud and blood. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, that's what it is, right? Mud and blood. God, horrific. And as she's going down, she says, I see you for what you really are. And she sees all them as like these horrible. Ah, the effect is really, really great. Yeah. Um, but it's horrific. Unsettling. Yes, unsettling. Yeah. Great job. Thank you for that word, Aubrey. This was really sad. This was really yeah. sad, and it was also really kind of horrific. Then there's uh, that last line. I gave up looking at the Harrow County line. Right, right. I like that line because it it implies that Pa had a similar encounter. He kept, He got to the Harrow County line, and they showed up, and he chose to stay with Emmy. Oh, Ooh. right. I see. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Going on to issue 15, uh, so we get this cover. <laughs> it's like a tribute to Freedom from Want, Yeah, the Norman Rockwell painting. In the uh, the sketchbook, he says, if you're, in, if you're in need of a cover idea, just swap from uh, Norman Rockwell. There you go, yeah. And he said, uh, that's Tyler Crook and uh, Colin Bonner at the very bottom. Oh, very good. Nice little detail there. So fun. So another great splash image with the Harrow County opening. I love this opening. Ah, this is so good. I love when you get to go back and see something that's been talked about. You know, so here we actually see Hester, you know, creating 
the people out of mud and blood, but just the way that it's framed and everything, it just gives me that, ah, it's a really good horror panel right there. Yeah. Just really creepy with everything that's happening. We see the whole origin of Harrow County. Hester broke from tradition by trying to become a god, and they cast her out, but by leaving Hester isolated, she created mischief and shaped all these beans out of mud and her blood. I love that bottom panel with that, like, bowl with the tool in it and everything, and gosh. Yeah. Great shot. When she created life, they all came together to confront her. I think this is the first time we see Hester's face. Yeah, with the hair over her eyes and everything. Yeah. We, we kind of saw her face before, except that it was on fire and bubbling and the skin bubbling off and everything. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But um, we do see the, like the abandoned in there. We see all those like other creatures that have been alluded to, but I like when they confront her, she basically says, what are you going to do about it? Like, there's nothing they yeah. can do. You know what I mean? They have all their rules and everything too, their tradition. So really creepy stuff. Really good. We see Emmy walking with Odessa through the forest. Um, some really beautiful shots here. But Emmy's asking her, like, why didn't they do anything more about Hester? And Odessa says that they had traditions. And if uh, if they had done anything, then Emmy might not be there with them. And Emmy wonders if that might have been for the best. Odessa assures her. But Emmy comments that she is Hester returned from the grave. Odessa says Emmy doesn't have to do things the way that Hester did. But Emmy still doesn't really trust Odessa. Um, she le- At one point, she like leads her away from their home. She doesn't know anything about them, so Odessa tells her all the origins of all these other people. As to where we came from, that's not so simple a question. I only know that we have always been. We're a family, like we've said, in that we come from the same place, but we don't none of us stay together. We Each of us wander the world in our own way. Those are the first of our traditions, never together and never settling in any one place. Only during the time of the conclave do we gather at the meeting lodge. And the house, like the rest of us, has simply always existed. Or maybe it only ever exists when we need it and where we need to come together. The conclaves take place but once each decade. But the lodge has appeared and called us all together on occasions of great importance. Those times are few and far between, most of them involving Hester and her antics. I love seeing the uh, different places the lodge is. Throughout it's the, really uh, cool, yeah. Throughout the time. On a beach, in a city, <laughs> on a mountain, in the forest. It's, it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. This time they've come together to bring Emmy into the fold. And Emmy asks why she isn't exiled like Hester. Here they walk past Reverend Worley, and he greets them and talks about them. But he doesn't see Odessa, right? Does he? I'm not sure. I don't think so. He does, I mean, there's no way one or one way or another that we could tell, but... I imagine that he doesn't. What do you think about that, Mark? Um, I honestly don't know. He doesn't comment on her, so maybe he doesn't see her. I right. also want to point out, though, that this is the same guy who, uh, you know, was there when Hester was killed. And if you remember, his Bible had was washed clean. He's still holding that same Bible. The pages are blank. Oh, you're right. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for that, Mark. Great detail. Odessa says they've watched over Emmy from time to time, and now they know that she's one of them. There will be changes. One of the group will take Emmy under her wing, and she goes on to explain the rest of the group to Emmy, because she's like, well, I don't know any of these people. Uh, But before we go on, I want to talk about the signs, right? Because there's this joke with the signs. Uh, Mama loves Papa. Papa loves women. Mama caught Papa with three-year-olds swimming. Here lies Papa. (laughs) 
and then on the back it says God saves. Anyway, that's really interesting. I, I wonder what that, what was the inspiration to put that little joke in there? Do you have any insight on that, Mark? That's something that Cullen Bunn's dad saw uh, in Wilson County. And Oh, wow. <laughs> that's awesome. I love hearing that. Yeah, so it was just um, something to, to add to Harrow County as well to make it feel like that kind of place. Nice, nice. I love that. Great insight. So we get this, uh, I love this scene where we introduce all the crew, right? We get to see all the different people. Um, So we see Odessa. She's got her connection to the creatures of the woods. We see Levi. So he does serve a purpose. I mean, he's creepy, but I guess like, you know, he is doing his thing there. We see Mildred, wherever she treads, disaster often follows. And then we see Willa, the knitting witch, um, I did look this up. There's a lot of like knitting witch stuff in like history, you know, if you want to look that up. Um, there's a, I didn't really find like any significant um, reference to anything specific, but she also oh, kind of reminded me of like Madam Web, like a Madam Web character, you mm. know what I mean, in Marvel and stuff like yeah. that. Well, she also kind of reminds me just of, you know, the three fates and how they wove fate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was also thinking, like, in the Heliopic Brotherhood, there was, like, an old, you know, the old lady. Who was that? What was her name? Panya? The Crystal Ball. Did she have oh, like oh um, not the Heliopic Brotherhood. Um, the Osiris the Club. The Osiris Club, yes. The Os- Sorry, yeah. Kind of that same kind of trope. Kane is the boogeyman. We see him, like, at someone's bedside. And then Corbin, he's a necromancer, but all the ones that he commands, he has to kill himself. So he kills someone, and then he can command them. And then we have Amaryllis. Is that how you would say that? I have no idea of the pronunciation of this. Um, I've said it as Amaryllis, but sometimes they say it as um, Amaryllis. So um, oh, okay. I, I don't know what the correct pronunciation is. But we see her like crafting these. All, all of the other ones, magic is like kind of creepy and ugly. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And then like, we see her and it's like these beautiful like unicorns and stuff like that. Water dragons. But she has Hester as her student, and that was her undoing. We get this scene where, where Emmy gets the delicious ice cream float. I love this. Um, there's so much color in this, too. Like, mm-hmm. uh, such a contrast with everything else we've seen with the advertisements and everything. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. What, what's your favorite kind of ice cream float there? Yeah, actually, I just kind of like the traditional like root beer vanilla ice yeah. cream is my favorite. Yeah, I think that's good. What yeah. about you, Mark? Uh, ice cream float. Is that like a soft drink with ice cream on top? Pretty much, yes. Yeah. Ah, so yeah. a spider. That's what we call them. Ooh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is it usually like vanilla and root beer? That's usually what it is here. But I've also had it with like Sprite and something else or like Big Red. Oh, I've had Big Red and vanilla, which is also good. I've had Dr. Pepper and vanilla. Yeah. What about you, Mark? What What's the combo over there for um, ice cream plug? Like a, a raspberry soda or a cherry soda. Uh, so not cherry soda, um, creaming soda. Ah, I want to get an ice cream float after we finish this podcast. So do I. (laughs) It sounds really good. It's so hot lately, too. But, you know, as all this is going on, you know, Odessa says that the pleasures are not for their kind. She says, such pleasures are not for our kind. They bind us like food from the fair folk. And uh, that's a nice little bit of casual world building. Mm, Oh, okay. It's uh, it's something that will eventually become quite a major part of Harrow County. Oh, not Harrow County, sorry. Tales of Harrow County. Okay, interesting. Nice, I like that. She likens it to the feet that, the pig's feet that Levi eats. The pleasures of natural folks. We should have been more vigilant. We should have watched more carefully. To pull you away from this now will be painful. And that kind of scares Emmy. Yeah. 
But Odessa tries to redirect this again um, by bringing up Amaryllis. She talks about how when their numbers were plentiful, there was conflict among them. But Amaryllis brought them all together to end the conflict and establish that they would no longer kill each other. And so as we're kind of seeing the narration, we're also seeing like a lesson, I guess. You know, Amaryllis had Hester as her student. And she seems like really positive and like, ah, you know, look out onto the waves. Tell me what you see out there. But Hester's like, nothing. I don't see anything. But you can see anything you want. You can shape the water in any way you imagine. That is the talent you and I share. So Hester's like, what if I wanted to call something from below, from beneath the water? And she's like, yeah, try it and see what happens. All this like positivity and everything. You know what I mean? It's really tragic. You know, so Hester brings up this like pirate ship or whatever, you know, comes up. Um, I love the sploosh sound effect right there as it like comes up out of the water. And Amaryllis is like, see what you've done? Look at what you've created by... And then the fucking... <laughs> it just blasts her right in half. The ship, like the cannon of the ship just goes off and totally just... Uh, and then Hester's like eating the... Rem- oh, man. It's just... It's too much, you know? It goes from like zero to ten, like in, in that one panel. That was an uh. incredible reveal. I was just like, wow. I, I mean, I don't know. I could not think of anything that bizarre or out there to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's mm. like you turn the page, it's like, the hell? <laughs> yeah. And I love that the meeting lodge appears in the background. Oh, right. It does. Immediately, right? Yeah. It's like that happens. And it's like, oh, call in everyone. The lighthouse automatically spotlights her right right yeah very cool detail i love that that's a a sequence that unforgettable yeah yeah yeah, it's it's very very deliberately constructed to make the most impact because you're gonna want to remember it yeah Mm -hmm. odessa explains that they banish hester because they didn't want to go against their own laws emmy asked if they were too afraid to try just then you sound a bit like her odessa says they hoped Hester would simply vanish, but instead she settled in Harrow County. She tells Emmy that she has power surveying her domain. The people love and fear her. If that's not a god, then what is? This little bit where, you know, she says unwilling or afraid to try, and then yeah. Odessa goes, just then, you sounded a bit like her. That's one of those things where knowing where this story is going, like in issue 16 and everything, and knowing that Odessa is not a great person, like... When I read it, uh, you know, revisiting it, I read her as like, you know, Emmy's questioning her and she shuts it down by like invoking her fears. Like, you know, right. it's a manipulative thing. It it's is. like she's it's controlling bullshit. the conversation, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. As they head back to the meeting house, they talk about how if Emmy wants their help to understand her power, she'll have to leave all her friends and family and never return. Odessa explains that Harrow County was created by Hester and even the soil is rich with her blood. Emmy will never be able to come with them until it's destroyed. And Emmy says she'll never destroy Harrow County. But Levi says, don't worry, we're going to do it for you. So now they've got her in the house, too. Like, it was yeah. it was all like a lure to get her back where they can control her or something right. like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I really like all the stuff that came out there because, you know, for a while now we've been like, oh, yeah, you know, Emmy's a witch and she's just a very, very powerful witch. And this story really hits home that she's not a witch. She's one of these other creatures, which are godlike beings. Right. Oh, Oh, yeah. 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 So uh, issue 16, um, another great cover here. She's at that Harrow County line. Hmm. God, I love this one. 
they're all really good. This is probably the best one, though, I think, of, of these set of issues. I love that Tyler keeps on doing these covers that, you know, like they aren't actually events that literally happen in the story. They're thematic covers. You know, like it's all about the emotion of the issue rather than what it's at, what's actually happening. Like she's never going to go to the Harrow County line, but they have her at the County line. They have her standing in darkness and everything, you know, like right. it just captures the feeling of where she is. Yeah. This double splash page with skinless boy watching over the house. So, I mean, it's beautiful, but it also is doing some storytelling because uh, we know that the, she sent skinless boy away with mm. Bernice and Clinton, but now he's come back, Yeah, you know, and he's found her too. So, it's like a second secret cover. Yeah, you know? or something. Yeah. yeah. Really beautiful. Inside, Emmy says she won't let them hurt anyone in Harrow County. They're good folks, she says. It's a shame, Levi says. All that magic. Legardemain. That means skillful use in performing or conjuring tricks. Levi says the good people in Harrow County aren't even real. So they're going to raise the lands and let her tears salt the earth. And they all gang up on her here. They all start like grabbing her and everything kane says they have to clean up hester's mess odessa gives the command and then like they all disappear leaving only emmy and odessa gone out to do the devil's business odessa says for tonight we are devils one and all i love that panel that's so Mm -hmm. good oh yeah the painting and like the reds in the background um throughout these sequences inside the meeting lodge are are really nice yeah see this is uh something i really love about what you can do with watercolor too just because if you look at the way tyler paints reds earlier in the issues like long flowing strokes but here they got like a more savage look to them there's more blotches in it you know like it's there's literally nothing behind odessa but he uses texture to to evoke a mood yeah when emmy tries to leave we see that she's surrounded by a never-ending wasteland and an approaching sandstorm so odessa says she will brew some tea for them while they wait you know this kind of gave me the feeling of beetlejuice oh okay when right they, yeah they yeah go to saturn hey, you've been to saturn i've been to saturn <laughs> sandworms you hate them right <laughs> I hate him myself. So over the next two pages inside the meeting house, Odessa makes some tea and she tries to further convince Emmy while the skinless boy sneaks around. We see him uh, in the front of the house and inside and he's muffled by all the sounds of the sandstorm. You know what I mean? So um, Odessa doesn't really hear him approaching. Hmm. I really love how loyal he is. He's a fantastic character. He really is. Yeah. Yeah. For how, like, grotesque his whole concept is, you know what I mean? Like, it's really nice, yeah. This one panel where she says, I already have family and I have friends too. And the tea is kind of bleeding into the bread. I was just like, God, this is brilliant, you know what I mean? And it's it's conveying so much of the mood, the back and forth between these two characters. You know, a lot of this is just them talking and having this conversation. But it's like, they're playing like a like a mind like a chess mind game you know what i mean with each other and i feel Mm -hmm. like the colors and everything that's happening back there is kind of influencing that or you know playing into that i also love the picture of um amaryllis at the top you know with the scratched out face okay Mm -hmm. there you go yeah odessa says emmy is too attached to humans and haints and we see the family attacking harrow county so we see like willa doing her knitting thing Corbin's like killing this dude and I guess he can command that thing. And we also see Mildred is going for Priscilla. Remember Priscilla, the little the little oh. goblin thing, right? Oh, yeah. So we get this scene 
with Levi and the Abandoned. So I thought this was interesting, right? Because Levi, he's out there to basically bring this character back to blood and mud, I guess, just like the others, right? Yeah. But but when he confronts the Abandoned... First of all, the artwork is tremendous on this. Yeah. I mean, really great because... Levi so far has been in control whenever we see him. So, you know, to kind of see this scene where he gets intimidated, uh, it's just good stuff. Oh, just what Tyler Crook's done with the artwork with the eyes on the abandoned. Like, yeah, you know, like if you want to have an imposing presence, yeah, you can tell he's put focus on those eyes to really sell that. Yeah. He says, if you come out here to kill me, you've done forgotten your learning. You've forgotten your laws. And so Levi changes really quick. He's like, I didn't know. All this time, I never realized if I had known. I remember the law. I remember. I don't care nary a bit. You get on out of my woods, Levi. You get on out and leave me be. And before you ever come back, you think on this. I am older than the law. And it scares Levi so much, he drops his knife you know, yeah. and leaves it in there. Um, God, that's a great sequence, but like, mm-hmm. what does it mean? You know yes. what I mean? Like, it's one of those things where it's just like, ah, what does this even mean? Yeah. So I guess, like, is this abandoned character one of them, too? Is it part of this family, or is it something even beyond that? I don't know. I mean, I guess you can't really say anything, Mark. Or well, No, I can't. I, don't know. I was gathering there's something beyond that, you know? older than what they are right don't want to say anything mark you can't say no, anything no. spoiling it. um fortunately you won't have to wait too long for answers there oh good so back in the meeting house you know they're drinking their tea i love that little focus there you can see the tea leaves inside the water and everything gosh i mean the the loving detail of like the ripples and the water and the rim of the cup but so there's thunder and i like this part because odessa's like is that you are you creating this thunder are you trying to like poke a hole into all of this uh, so that we can get Harrow County in here. And Emmy's like, no, I'm not. But like, is she? You know what I mean? Like, is she subconsciously doing it? I don't know. I thought that was interesting. But the skinless boy jumps in. And again, the action just ramps up uh, whenever he's around. Man, I love that. Just as he jumps across and gets Odessa. Hmm. Emmy tries to call him back, but he's his skin from inside the bag says he's not bound by your laws. Yeah. Yeah, so good. So Odessa, we get a good depiction of her magic here. So we saw the teacup with the leaves inside. So as the tea spills, you know, like the leaves turn into like a little tree and then the tree turns into like a big tree. And I thought that was really cool. That was like, wow, you know what I mean? You're going to get a tea leaf and turn it into a weapon. I Uh, love the way that tree's drawn too. Like you really get a sense of it moving just, oh really really yeah it's like it's moving but it's also growing and yeah all that is really tremendous so they're having their confrontation here and odessa's got emmy and the skinless boy for a second but then emmy says let us go and the tree starts letting her go and odessa's like what is happening here you can't just do that not to me not here not here that's just it emmy says this house this family appeared here in harrow and this is my home. Boom. And Ooh, it's oh, so really cool. Yeah. yeah. So what a great reveal right there. So like she controls all of that. They've put the meeting lodge on her land, on, on the area that she has power over. So it like supersedes that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Back in Harrow County, we see that they all start disappearing. They have like their back to the future moment or whatever, where they're all like, <laughs> he's looking at his hand like, what's happening? As they return back to the meeting lodge. 
Yeah. We have seen some stuff so far where, you know, Amy's powers have been pretty impressive. You know, like um, back in the first arc when she just like obliterated some people out of existence who were attacking sure, her. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, um, so we know she's very powerful, but like here we're really getting a sense of she really is a freaking god in terms of her powers. Right. Something beyond. So I love this because they, they've they never seen anything like this. Like from their reaction, you know, they're like, how are we back? And Emmy says, I brought you back. I commanded it. This is my place. Harrow is my place. And you're not welcome here. And Corbin's like, you're just going to let her talk to us that way to Odessa? You're all cowards, are you? And so she's like, I love this, this panel with Odessa because she's like, oh, Corbin, just hush now. Don't you see? Like there's like resignation in her you know i mean where she's just like there's something beyond that we don't know yeah you know what i mean but they're coming to the realization of it and it's just like fuck it there's nothing we can do that's exciting that's impressive and and what a good piece of storytelling as well to be able to like convey that by this all-powerful character who seconds ago thought she had the upper hand is now like ah you know what don't you see you know what i mean so this this whole sequence where she just banishes them yeah it is just like they're like wait what are you doing knit, knit Lilla, come on <laughs> come on start knitting and start doing that thing and odessa's yeah. like no you, you don't realize we misjudged her right and she's just like get out you're not welcome here she says uh should have seen the signs there were two of them born from that dot 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 of course they're not going to tell us what they're talking about so this reminded me of a couple things so wasn't Emmy like Emmy and the other one Cammy? Cammy. So they were both born out of that tree. Is yeah. that what she's talking about? Possibly. That's what I thought. Possibly. Okay. Um, or is it like a parallel where, anyway, I don't know. I don't even know. Um, but uh, <laughs> I love this. And don't come back. <laughs> and brilliant, you know, how the sky and, and Harrow is coming through the meeting lodge. Like, I mean, all that's painted, you know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. that's, that's not a digital effect. You know what I mean? You see the paintings and the door frame still hanging there as we're coming through to the light. Uh, really beautiful. Uh, that transition is amazing. And then they're just left there out into the woods, you know, out in this big field. She kind of like just smiles at the skinless boy and she's like, come on, let's go home. Oh, so good, you know? Beautiful. I really enjoyed all that. <sighs> yeah, so, I mean, I guess, like, I I don't even know what to say. I mean, I, I think that, are they going to come back? Like, you know what I mean? Was this just a taste of something else is coming? Or, I don't know, you know what I mean? Can she be fucked with on any level? If she leaves Harrow County, like, does she lose her powers? Or does she only have power over that area? Or is she, like, could she go anywhere and fuck shit up? Like, I don't know, you know what I mean? I was kind of like... Those are the questions that, that kind of left me with it at the end. Um, yeah. It seemed like they built up these characters to be all these like imposing forces. And then it's like, she just got, she just banished them. So it's like, she okay, really well, what it. does that mean? You know what I mean? Is there something else or, um, and I'm also excited to find more, find out more about this abandoned character, you know? So yeah. yeah. Well, um, um, if you're reading in the singles, it ends with a, a teaser for the next one where it's just a picture of his eyes and it says next. Oh, nice. Okay, very good. Yeah, for me, this is the ending of the first Omnibus. Uh, So I'm reading this in the Omnibus version, and I'll probably pick up the next one. Yeah, so these paperback Omnibuses are really nice. It's a good affordable way if you're not able to, like, pick up all the different books and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So, yeah, uh, really nice presentation for it. And Tyler Crook's art comes across so beautiful in these pages. Yeah. Um, God, it's such a treat it to really be able to is. look at all this. Yeah. This is a such a major turning point for the series. 
Ooh. Nice. Like it's, well, it's pretty much the halfway point, right? Also? Yeah. 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 After this, uh, like, uh, the level of gore is going to get higher. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah, because, I mean, there. you know, it, it's funny you brought that up. There wasn't much on this one, but the stuff that was was like, ugh, it was very unsettling, like the little baby and all that. I'm just yeah, like, no, like, no. That, that level of intensity, that's kind of what you should expect going forward. Yeah. 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 Like, but, I mean. When it comes along, it's going to be intense stuff. But, but but just going through the series so far, I mean, I can only imagine because they've done so much with so little. Like as I was flipping through it and rereading, you know, mm-hmm. the picnic where Cammy's eating all the gross stuff and mm-hmm. she's just smiling. Like that scene is like one of the most unsettling scenes thus far. And it's not even that gory or, yeah. you know, or, 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 you know, like gross. It's just more like creepy and duh, you know yeah. what I mean? And like, uh, what a great horror series and the way that they do the horror, the, the horror moments that they do have are just really powerful and, and, uh, yeah. and, and done really well. I, I really enjoy that. She's such a great character too. Mm. <laughs> One thing I will say is uh, the trade, and uh library editions definitely check out those special features because this one is packed like in terms of special features this one's the best like there's so much in it (laughs) oh nice okay i'll have to check that out yeah we'll have to come back and talk about some of those special features on the next one but uh anything else before on this story before we kind of wrap it up uh no the, the once again i find myself in a place where there's not a lot i can say because anything i say is so spoilery Right. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's been awesome. And thank you so much for coming on, Mark, and hanging out with us as we like nerd out and, and also talk about Harrow County. Oh, yeah. yeah. So much fun. We'll have another great episode next month. And we're going to try to do the Harrow County. What did you say, Mark? Like every other month, maybe have a Harrow County episode so that way we can finish yeah. up this series. Because pretty much from here on, it's like it ramps up speed. Like, you know, it's the, the last three arcs, for example, they basically take place over the period of like a day and a half. Right. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. So we'll be coming back to this series regularly. And you know, we always love to have a Mark Tweed on. So we'll have Mark on again soon. Excellent. And now Aubrey's going to say all the things. Close it out, Aubrey. All right. All right, everybody. It was so much fun getting back to Harrow County. I want to hear what you have to say. Send us a hey, damn guys at bookclubmembercomics at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at bookclubmembercomics and on Twitter at bookclubmembers. You can also find all of our resources on our Facebook About section, our Podbean website, and our link trees on Instagram and Twitter. As always, a special thank you to Paul from Got to Han for the listener feedback theme. Thank, thank you, you Paul. Paul. Yes. Uh, thank you, Mark, for joining us today. Um, You're awesome, Mark. We love you. And thank you, Danielle, before you disappeared on your magical <laughs> mystery tour. You can get the podcast wherever you get to find your podcast from. And when you're there, open it up and give us that five-star review. I forgot to mention that our theme song is from Only Beast. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, so like I said, open it up and give us that five-star review. And if you're enjoying what you're hearing, tell a friend and have them join the book club. Yes, do it. Next week, we're going back to the Hellboy Book Club podcast. We'll, we'll be reading Frankenstein, New World. Frankenstein, I'm, New World. I'm so excited about that. Man, I've been dying to read that series. So you guys know what to do. Pull out them digitals flash, uh, fl- digital flash files. <laughs> yes, what century is this? <laughs> pull, pull out your digitals, your floppies, your ovnis. Well, you know what? You know There's what a trade do. paperback for Just it. Just get it and join us. Oh, hardcover. Join us next week over at the Hellboy Book Club podcast. And we'll be back in two weeks for Book Club Member Comics. 
Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm John Salinas. I'm a bloody baby. Bones and horror. <laughs> no, no. And I'm Avi Lovelace saying, I'm older than the law. Very good, very good.